Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that are focused on four themes, autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. And we are thrilled to be offering one of the first of its kind, digital, virtual, and continuous learning environments, enabling children and parents to connect from all around the world. At Project Purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions on all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others, with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that the institutions of mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our societies at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this also translates as recreating and co-creating environments, both socially and politically, that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on this topic, we also write thought pieces every other Sunday. We just dropped a thought piece this past Sunday. So if you're curious, definitely meander over to the website and take a read at our content. If it is the case that you're looking for listening alternatives, well, we are available on 10 different podcast platforms for your listening leisure. So be sure to check out the links in the description down below. As is the convention, subscribe. Hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time we post. And of course, if you like these discussions and you want to keep them going, like, comment, and share this segment. Let's get into it. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to another segment here on Project Purpose. For those of you who are new, we cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week -week basis, and today our discussion is on mental wellness. Now today I wanted to talk about our nonlinear relationship with food and nutrition, and I thought that this was an important conversation, and it's actually a conversation that I wanted to initiate for a while. I just really wasn't sure how to approach it, and I also wasn't sure how broadly applicable it was. I mean, for me, my relationship with food has been something that has required a lot of intentional navigation. I've had to do a lot of really intentional work in order to build a healthy relationship with food, and for different reasons than you might think. So I have spent my lifetime being very mindful, being very intentional in the way that I've cultivated and maintained my relationship with food. And I've just been very thoughtful about how I create and individualize my journey by way of food and nutrition because 
I recognize, especially for me, having so many food intolerances and allergies that when it comes to food, there's no real general roadmap. There's no real general guideline that is truly applicable to you yourself and, and you. And so I've had to be very intentional, very mindful and, and really put a spotlight on my relationship with food by the time I hit my early 20s. And as a result of that, like I've, I've had a complicated relationship with food. So I wanted to talk about food and nutrition by way of mental wellness because I think that our relationship with food has such a huge and significant role to play as it relates to our mental wellness. And it's something that we really underplay. I think food is one of those undercurrents that is very, very prevalent by way of how it helps us to connect, how it helps us to build relationships, how it interweaves into traditions and norms and conventions within our society. Yet we seem to try to treat it in a silo. We seem to try to treat food in a vacuum. And I think that there's something so problematic about that. And this is more gonna be about, this is more a personal anecdote, this is a, an opinion piece, but I think we should all just take a moment and think about all of the different layers of traditions and society and culture and subculture that plays into the way that we view and value our food. And think about also some of the things that we need to deconstruct personally in order to cultivate a healthier relationship with our food. Now, all of us have a very different baseline. And I think if we take a moment, take a step back to do an assessment of this baseline, it will help us uncover and unearth a lot of the problematic attitudes that we might carry that overcomplicate our relationship with our food. And I only realize that this is really a collective thing. And I don't even think that is collective and specific to Canada or co a collective specific to America. This isn't a North American collective. Based on food TikTok, which is where I've done quite a bit of social experimentation, everyone, everyone from all around the world that I've had the opportunity to kind of observe and interact with on TikTok, where you have like this food TikTok and people are doing these mukbangs, people are interacting with their food and you see the way that people sort of even engage with their food and you, and you just recognize that our relationship with food has a profound impact on our mental wellness. And we also recognize that it truly is a journey to cultivate a healthy relationship with food and not everyone gets there. So let's have a conversation about it. And for me specifically, when I talk about subcultures, I think even if we are, you know, in a broader sense, like for me specifically, you know, I was raised Canadian, there are different subcultures that kind of permeate my Canadian experience. There's a religious subculture, there's your familial subculture, there is your, you know, ethnic subculture, there's so many different layers of subculture that, that play into what you eat, how you view what you eat, the portions that you eat, so on and so forth. And for me, I was raised in a very conservative religious household and a lot of my religion that I grew up in focused on lifestyle, was a focus on food and lifestyle. And there was a huge value, core value built around recognizing that your body was a temple and treating your body as sacred and recognizing just how valuable your body was as like this vehicle that you use going through life. And though I abandoned the religion in and of itself, it's a core belief that is truly fundamental to me as a human being. It's a core belief. I love my body. I see my body as a temple. I try to be very cognizant about what it is that I feed my body. But then again, you know, my body is very vocal and I, I'm gonna do two part series on this. My second part is really gonna be about things that we need to 
kibosh by way of attitudes and values and practices around food. And I'll get more into like my relationship and my dynamic with my body then and there. But this is more just kind of an overarching opinion piece on why we need to scale back on all the voices that have an opinion on how we interact and view our food. And we like to think that this is more to do with women. Like we like to think that culture, society, standards have a huge spotlight on women and the way that women eat and the way that women build their relationship with their food. But like when I interact online, I think that it is much more vocalized. There's much more conversations around the way that women interact with their food. And it makes it very hard to view the problematic issues that men have with their food. There are no healthy narratives really, and no, there are no real healthy mainstream ideals around food. If you're male, by way of food consumption, it's like, you know, the macho male consumes and guzzles alcohol, you know, eats wings all the time. Like, you know, like they embrace like this eating of food that is really just not good for you and that makes you lethargic and that makes you, you know, low energy or you're like super, you know, gym rat and it's just, it's just these two rabbit holes that are both really very toxic. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I thought it was just me. I honestly thought that my relationship with food was complicated because, you know, uh, you know I was a child who just, had a very vocal body and when my body had enough of a specific food, I had visceral reactions. And as a result of that, I become very disciplined. I become very mindful by way of my food consumption. And I, I'm very, very, very intentional about, you know, what I eat, when I eat, how often I eat. I can change and shift, but I have learned that the only voice that matters by way of my relationship with my food is my own. And I had to learn that at an early, early age because I recognized that I just always felt insecure when I allowed other people's opinions to play into how I treated my relationship with food. It was like, you know, well, you're not eating enough or you're eating too much. And it's like, you know what? Like my body tells me how much it wants to eat. My body tells me how frequently it wants to eat. My body will also signal to me what foods it wants to eat at what given point in time. And I have learned to really be conscientious of the signals that my body sends me by way of food. And I have learned to tune out the voices that play into why I should see food a certain way in order to conform and to fit into whatever the standard that people want to fit me in by way of my food consumption. And I think that that's just completely inappropriate. And even like in my early 20s, I think the first real revolt that I made against the narratives around food that were really just weighing me down was I threw away my skill. And it was the best choice I've ever made. I think that there are certain things we shouldn't offload. And I think when it comes to food and nutrition and how that plays into body image, a healthy body will look different on each of us, right? And our bodies tell us like what kinds of foods it needs in order to feel healthy and to be energized. I don't think that it's healthy that we build rituals and routines around our weight. And frankly, like for me, I'm an athletic person. I love fitness. I love movement. I do not need to know how much I weigh. I, I think that in order to stay in tune and stay connected to our body, we can take visual cues. And that's what I've done. Unless I'm going to a physical, like I don't need to know my weight. I don't care to know my weight. I love just looking at my body, appreciating, loving my body. And then even like, as I look at my body, if there's an area that I'm like, hey, like I want 
to work on this. It comes from a place of self-love and self-care. It's like, okay, well, you know, like this isn't like the healthiest way to show up, I don't think, and like I'm going to work on this, or I'm going to tone that, or I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try that. And it comes from just visual cues, but visual by way of like me loving my body and striving to be the best version of myself, as opposed to feeling disgusted or feeling ashamed or feeling defeated, which were the only real emotions that stemmed from the scale, let me tell you. I am not a fan of the scale. If we could like uninvent the scale, I would be so happy about that. And I get it, like for some people, like they need to weigh themselves for medical reasons, but I don't see why anyone should have a scale in their home that gives them sort of the gateway to be obsessive about their weight and to build rituals around their weight. I think when you use visual cues, you can learn to appreciate what it is that you see, right? And you can learn to appreciate like the little changes and the little adaptations that your body has in response to like a little bit of activity and the changes in activities that you do. And that has been so healthy for me. And also just recognizing like there are certain foods that I eat that I burn out quickly. There are certain foods that I eat. If I eat it all the time, I'll just like lose weight because like my metabolism just eats it up. It's like I didn't, it's like I consumed air. Whereas there's other foods that I eat and it will sit a little bit heavier. And I only learn to appreciate the difference and the ways that my body responds to food in different ways because I'm not offloading anything to do with my food and nutrition. I want to eat and I appreciate that when I eat within 20, 30 minutes, I know how my body responds to specific food. I understand like what food maintains my energy, what food gives me energy and what food decreases my energy. And for me, food primarily is function. Like food can be pleasure too. And I think the way that food plays into society, traditions and conventions is more about pleasure than function. But like for me, treating food as function and then like with an underlayer of pleasure allows me to eat for fuel allows me to eat to maintain my energy. And I'm a high energy person. And I know what food will completely deplete my energy. And that's because I don't offload that information. It's because when I'm eating, I'm being very, very inwardly aware of how that food and how my body is interacting with that food. And, and as a woman, like depending on the time of month, even my food will interact very differently with food. But I think that there's so much information at play with how we personally interact and experience food that there's so many reasons why we should just cut out all of the layers of opinions around food and nutrition. And I wanted to have this conversation because I realized that like having a complicated relationship with food is prevalent, it is widespread, it is global based on what I've seen. And I think that it's important that there's at least a couple of voices out there saying like it shouldn't be complicated it should be individualized, it should be personal, and all of us have the capacity to own our food journey and to have a healthy food journey and to be the ones to inform like what that healthy food journey looks like. And I think that that has a significant role to play with our mental wellness. And I wanted to just broadly touch on the topic and I think I feel more comfortable talking more about food on my channel and talking about food and nutrition by way of how it plays into mental wellness on our channel because it has a significant role to play. I I've just been very tentative about it because I know like I grew up, I had a lot of food anxiety just based on like the intolerances that I had, the allergies that I had. And then on top of like my food intolerances and my allergies, like just the opinions and the narratives and the, the pressure, the judgment around body image and how that played into my relationship with my food and just learning over time, like what to cut out in order to maintain a healthy relationship with food. So I think that this warrants more conversation and I'd like to go more in depth and I'd like to be more specific, but I 
I want to start off at a high level, just talking about what I've observed, what I've recognized, what I've realized, by way of like why all of us have such complicated relationships with food. And we need food. We need the energy to like sustain ourselves and to live healthy lives. And if we want to live, you know, healthy lives long term, then we really need to be intentional about the way that we build our relationship with our food. And I think part of that intention means we decide like what voices we pay attention to and what voices we don't. And we recognize that like food guidelines are way too general to be applicable to each and every one of us. Like we're unique, not just, you know, unique little snowflakes by way of our personality, but our body and our genetics and our DNA makes us very unique and very individual in the way that we appreciate food and the way that our body interacts with food. And all of that needs to play into us owning our food journey and how that translates moving forward. But I thought it was important to have this conversation. I thought it was important to kind of start it off with a high level. And then I'd like to talk a little bit more about food and nutrition by way of mental wellness and just the things that I've noticed and just the things that I think that we need to start to pivot away from and pivot towards to create healthy dialogues around how to cultivate a healthy, well-rounded relationship with food and nutrition and recognizing that there is no broad brush. I think food and nutrition is something that we want to offload or something that we want to be easy, but I don't think it's easy. I think that it's something that requires a lot of work. It requires a lot of discipline, consistency. It requires our attention. And I think the more that we pay attention to it, the more we recognize how food and how we treat food gives us an opportunity to really live our best lives and become the best version of ourselves as well. So that's it for this conversation. I hope I've given you some food for thought. Haha, <laughs> hope you appreciated that little pun there. I would be remiss if I didn't close off with letting you know that we do now have live events at least twice a month, every month on our Facebook page. So definitely be sure to meet over to our Facebook and give it a like. Now these live events are paid events. We do spend the time facilitating these events in such a way where we're cultivating the life skills and the critical thinking skills to derive more meaning and fulfillment out of life. And if you do see yourself participating in our Game Changer community on an ongoing basis, then might I suggest our package plans. We do have package plans available that not only give you unlimited access to our live events, but also access to our webinars and workshops over and above those live events to help you facilitate a greater degree of self-mastery, again, to make the most out of life. So that's it for today's segment. I hope that you appreciate the content and I hope again that it gives you something to think about and things to consider by way of what is informing you your relationship with your food and your nutrition and what should be informing your relationship with your food and your nutrition moving forward. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon.